Welcome back. This is Robert Fleming of the Tucson, Arizona elder law firm of Fleming and Curdy PLC. And I'm talking today once again with my partner, Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman. Uh, Elizabeth, I thought maybe today we could talk about being paid as trustee or personal representative, or for that matter, as agent under a power of attorney. And to be clear, I'm not asking you about whether we can be paid or other professionals can be paid. But if, if my mother names me as personal representative on her will, should I be paid for that service? Well, Robert, this is all a really personal question. It depends on what the terms of the documents say, what the law in the state where you're administering the estate says about compensation. It also depends on the fiduciary's comfort level and, and what the fiduciary when I say fiduciary, I mean the nominated personal representative or trustee may feel is appropriate. The reason that I wanted to talk about this today, Robert, is, is that I've had a string of estate planning clients recently who have been very, very strong in their opinion that they do not want the family member that they've nominated as personal representative or trustee or agent to collect any kind of compensation for that work. And that means it's time for us to have a conversation when I meet with somebody who really wants one particular family member to do a lot of work, but doesn't want to leave any room for that family member to be compensated. It can actually be quite a hurdle to get over in the process of an administration. You know, in a, in a related vein, I've often had clients say to me, oh, we should name all three of my children as personal representative because their feelings will be hurt if only one of them is named. And I always have to say, it is not an honor to be named as personal representative. It's hard work, and uh, and it's often thankless work. Uh, and I completely agree with you. You should assume that your personal representative, which, by the way, is the modern term for executor, for people who are more familiar with that term, same, same kind of animal. You should ex assume that your personal representative will be paid. That doesn't mean you have to make them take a fee. Maybe they will decide not to take a fee, but you certainly don't want to prevent them from doing so. And when I see people who really want to have restrictive provisions in their documents related to compensation of a fiduciary, one of the reasons uh, people want to do this, it's often because they want to limit the amount of money that fiduciary can take from the estate. But what I explain is, is that it may become the kind of situation where the person you've nominated as fiduciary decides not to act because he or she would be so limited in the amount of compensation that they can take. What I mean by that is when you've got a difficult estate to administer, potentially with difficult beneficiaries, and you're asking a child or niece or nephew or family friend to administer the estate, one of the things that can happen is it can become a burden very quickly. And especially when somebody knows that the terms of the documents won't allow for the compensation that even a very fair and modest compensation might make a difference. You know, on the other side of this equation, when, when your son comes to see us about being the personal representative of the estate, the very first thing we tell him or your daughter or whoever you name is keep good records, uh, keep track of your time. And we're going to tell you now that you will charge a fee. Now, when it comes down to it, you might decide not to charge a fee, but it's extremely difficult to go the reverse direction, to not keep good records, and then later say, I think I should have collected a fee. Well, you're going to need the records that you didn't keep track of. And a couple of things from the perspective of 
your child who's acting as personal representative, uh, assuming that they're going to inherit from the estate, if they take a fee, they're getting the same money, but they're not getting it tax-free. They've just done work, so they may have an income tax. So they might say, what's the point? I don't want to collect the fee. And the other thing is, in a difficult family where there are different currents going back and forth, the fact of a fee often helps resolve matters. So if I have to deal with my annoying brothers, and if they're listening, I will tell you they're mildly annoying, but uh, if I have to deal with my annoying brothers in trying to settle my mother's estate, and at the very end they say, well, why did you do this, and why did you do that, and I think you should have done this other thing, I can say, look, I'm entitled to a fee. I've calculated my fee at $10,000. If you guys will stop quibbling, I'll waive my fee. And that will more than make up for any uh, for anything that you think I've done wrong. I'm amazed how often that helps resolve at least slightly complicated estates. Now, if there's a full-blown fight about whether I stole money or whether I talked mom into favoring me in the will or something, uh, maybe that's not going to make a difference. But it's often helpful in settling low-grade family disputes. And when we talk about collecting a fee, Robert, we're not talking about reimbursement. The fiduciary is going to be entitled to reimbursement for any kind of out-of-pocket expenses, whether that's lawyer's fees or accounting fees or fees to file something with the courthouse. Those are all things that are reimbursable expenses. When we talk about compensation, we're talking about being paid to serve in that fiduciary role. Right. Although once in a while, we do have clients who say, I want to be reimbursed. You told me I could be reimbursed. I'd like to be reimbursed for travel to Tucson for the funeral. And I brought my my husband and also the two children. And we stayed in a nice hotel and uh, we drove down from Phoenix. And, you know, there's a point at which we're going to say, whoa, slow down. But uh, but reimbursement is, I agree with you, generally uh, not just permissible, it's expected and, and it ought to be. Nobody should have to pay money to, to handle an estate. And everything we've said about uh, personal representatives of wills applies with equal force to trustees of trusts and agents under powers of attorney as well. And this is also specific to Arizona law. So anybody who is listening here and administering an estate outside of Arizona should go and speak with an attorney who knows the rules about compensation in that particular state. Right. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. I hope this has been helpful to people who are thinking about who they should name as trustee, personal representative, agent, and what kind of burden they're placing on them as well, I hope, as for people who are are suddenly thrust into that role to figure out what they're supposed to do. That is our goal, is to be helpful here at Fleming & Curdy PLC, a Tucson, Arizona elder law firm. And, uh, And you're listening to Robert Fleming, one of the partners, and Elizabeth Noble Rawlings Freeman, one of the other partners at Fleming & Curdy. We hope you will join us again next time.